We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's another big guy on campus that I didn't really talk about um, this weekend as we kind of uh, shift away from my Elijah rushing prediction and move on to the next segment of the podcast uh, on Oregon Recruiting Hour. Excited to have you guys uh, along. Um, I'm going to be talking about Preston Talmua. He's an interior offensive lineman in the 2024 recruiting class, six foot four, 315 pounds out of Aia High School in Aia, Hawaii. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but he's an interior offensive lineman. Uh, I think he projects to, you know, he, he has, you know, some tackle film, but he's an interior guy. And I think he's probably one of those leading candidates for Oregon to play center in this 2024 class. He's on campus this weekend for a visit. I believe it's his official visit. And I think that Oregon's in an awesome spot to try to seal the deal here. He's taken a lot of trips this spring and, and in the summer, um, recently made it out to Auburn for a visit. Uh, Arizona got a trip as well. Um, he's working from a top five of Arizona, Auburn, Alabama, Nebraska, and Oregon. Uh, I don't believe he has a commitment date set right now, but there's some reasons that I like Oregon here for Preston Talmua. Uh, definitely need to preface all of this with um, my guy Blair Angulo. He made a crystal ball prediction for Oregon to get Talmua. I want to say it was about a month ago or so, so I'm not making my prediction on him. I'm just telling you why I think that Oregon's in a good spot here. Um I think the first thing that really comes out comes down to is Alik Terry. And why why would it be Alik Terry? Well, it's because Alik Terry coached offensive line at Hawaii uh, before he took that job with the Minnesota Vikings and before he got back to Oregon. So obviously this is a guy that that Alik Terry knows a tremendous deal about because he's going to know about the top players uh, in Hawaii where he was coaching. And, and I think that those relationships are obviously going to, you know, come into play here and could give Oregon the fast track to, to land Talmua. So I think that that's obviously really impressive and, and encouraging. The other thing with Talmua is that he's not just a Hawaii prospect that has, uh, you know, top Pac-12 offers and, you know, Mountain West offers and some Big 12 offers. No, Th this is a guy from Hawaii that has SEC offers. And that says something. To, to be the guy that has, you know, the six foot four, 300 plus pound frame, he's got that college ready frame. Uh, I really like how he, how he has that lateral agility um, and can really anchor, um, you know, at the point of attack that that's what you're going to need when you're going up against some of these massive uh, defensive linemen. Love how he gets his hands on guys. You maybe want to see him finish a little bit more on, on that rep and get his guy to the ground. But this is a guy that I think, uh, 
has a tremendous amount of upside. He's already got that physical body type that, that you want in an interior offensive lineman. And then now you want to try to get him to the next level. And I think he's also set up to be in a pretty good situation. If you're just looking at the roster at Oregon right now, you have Marcus Harper, the second, you have Jackson powers, Johnson as some of your leading center candidates. Um, and I would think that, you know, Jackson Powers Johnson probably has the fast track on that job right now, but it's hard to say, you know, Marcus Harper got banged up in spring ball. So he did miss some time. Um, but all that said, I think, you know, he's not going to be in a position where he has to start right away. If he does go to Oregon again, no commitment timeline right now for Preston Talmua, but he's a big name visiting along the offensive line for, for a league Terry, uh, this weekend. Um, and then you also have Jaquan McCroy. Um, he was a guy that I talked about on yesterday's episode of the show when I kind of just uh, previewed Oregon's big recruiting weekend. That was a two-part podcast. I'll probably do something similar, just chopping this one up uh, for you guys, just you know, give you more shows to listen to. But uh, Jaquan McCroy is a guy that I uh, I predicted to Oregon back in May, and then uh, Steve Wiltfog hopped in the, on board as well. You know, he's one of the best in the business, and he threw his crystal ball prediction in there for, for Oregon to land Jaquan McCroy out of Pinson, Alabama, Clay Chalkville High School. He's on campus in Eugene this weekend for his official visit. Uh, so I think that Oregon is really set up to capitalize in a major way. I think that, uh, you know, this, this kind of goes into my next uh, topic here that uh, I'm actually really interested to see your guys' opinions on. Is just how how schools manage, and this is the last topic I'll probably get into, and then I'll get into some comments, get into some questions. So again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, if you guys have some questions or anything you want to run by me, go ahead and throw them in the comments. I'll try to star them and try to get to them as we keep going here. Um, another interesting thing here is the official visit strategy for some of these schools. I think that most schools have been doing a ton of official visits this week, uh, this weekend, this month, but some schools, I want to say Clemson, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think Clemson is one of those schools that doesn't like to have their official visits during the summer. They want to hold those for the fall. Um, and, and you know, that that's a very unique approach and you can't argue that it's not working with uh, you know, commitments from, um, you know, Sammy Brown in the in the 2024 class, top linebacker out of the state of Georgia. Um, Bryant Wisco, I believe is his name. He's another top wideout out of the state of Texas. He's committed to Clemson and Dabo Sweeney. So it just makes you kind of think, you know, what is Oregon's angle in all of this when it comes to managing your official visits? Um, because we saw in the spring that guys were starting to lock in their official visits. And then June 23rd, this weekend that we're in right now, quickly became one of those top weekends that we we're going to have our eyes on. So I think that the official visit strategy makes a lot of sense when you just look at what history has shown us, you know, if, if Oregon's able to, you know, convert uh, this momentum with these visits into something bigger on the trail, then that's really big. We've seen in past cycles, you know, late June, early July, bunch of momentum, lots of guys hopping in. I remember, I think it was my first year on the job. I was covering the Elite 11 for the first time. It was in 2021. I want to say it was July 1st. I could be wrong, but Oregon got like three or four commitments all in one day. So that's exactly what Oregon's doing this weekend. If they didn't already do it, um, you know, in, in past weekends and maybe picking up some silent commitments or maybe having guys that are there on campus right now saying, hey, coach, I'm ready to hop in. Let's do this thing. But they're saying, hey, 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 let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's uh, let's have you wait another couple of days. Let's have you wait another week. You know, maybe even more. Who knows? Um, 
I'm not saying this is happening, but I think it would make a lot of sense because momentum is so crucial. And in today's era of recruiting, it is something that is so palpable. It's like you can almost feel it. You know, you're looking at, um, you know, these other schools across the country that are just on these massive heaters. And it's like, wait, I thought they just got somebody. Oh, yeah, no, they have someone again. You know, you're seeing it's not uncommon. Sometimes three, four, five commitments in one single day for a team, which is what sets up another interesting storyline around this weekend for Oregon is that a couple other Pac-12 schools, I think I mentioned it yesterday, but I want to mention it again, USC and Stanford, they got some big recruiting uh, recruiting wins and some big recruiting stretches uh, in, in recent weeks and in recent days. So now Oregon's ready to hop in. They're, they're not going to lag behind. And it's important to mention too, Oregon has the number eight class in the country, according to 247 Sports. Um, and then you have, uh, I think it's Stanford at nine and USC at 10. So I think that Oregon's in a really good spot to, you know, go on a run of their own if they're able to convert on some of these guys that were here last weekend. And then certainly, uh, you know, this weekend. So back to the official visit strategy, I think I really like Oregon's strategy and I think it's honestly the more widely used strategy. So it's not really, I don't think it's, it's anything that's specific to Oregon, but you bring in all these top guys for official visits during the summer and then more often than not, they're they're kind of if if Oregon does their job right, you bring them. You've already brought them in for a couple of unofficial visits, and then you bring them in for this official visit, and you're looking to seal the deal. You know, close things down. That's another thing that I think we should keep an eye out for this weekend, or maybe through the rest of the month. What Oregon commitments? What Oregon verbal commits that come to take visits are? You know, they come back, they see it, and they kind of remind themselves, "Yep, this is home for me. I don't I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. I want to shut my recruitment down." I don't, I just want to focus on my senior high school football season. That's another thing that you got to watch this weekend. But when you're just looking at things from a timeline perspective, I think that it makes sense for Oregon to bring in a lot of their top targets uh, and commits for visits during the, um, during the the June window, because if if Oregon plays all their cards, right. And they're able to do everything. um, If they play all their cards, right. They're going to have, I'd say between 80 and 85% of this 2024 class locked up by the time the season starts, uh, because you have, you know, this June 23rd weekend, that's a huge weekend. You have the spring game, which was huge, took a really big step forward. And, 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 uh, a lot of these recruitments and you got MOGA in the fold, um, from the spring game and, and a couple other guys that are escaping me, um, but then you also have this weekend and then you have Saturday Night Live, which I'm assuming they're going to have. They have that every year uh, coming out of the dead period towards the end of July. So you have all of these opportunities to, you know, knock these visits out of the park and, you know, hopefully get your top guys in the fold. And then the season comes around, you're able to focus on the on-field product. And then some of those top, top tier guys that want to draw those recruitments out. And then you're able to keep going into 2025 because as crazy as it sounds, a lot of schools are already picking up 2025 commits and Oregon already has two, uh, which I think is tops in the pack 12. Although that's not saying very much because it's only two guys. Right. But, uh, you know, looking at you're already seeing quarterbacks come off the board. So you got guys like Achilles Smith jr. Out of Lincoln, San Diego, San Diego, Lincoln that, uh, have been top guys for Oregon, uh, in that 2025 class. So, and then you also have the early signing period. I think we could see some guys take officials, uh, you know, delayed officials or maybe even last minute unofficials, Later on in the um, in the season, you know, in December, 
to make their last pitch before the early signing period and, and you know, get those guys like Mateo Uyunglele who, who signed and announced his commitment during the early signing period or uh, flip guys like an Austin Novosad. So that all kind of goes into the official visit strategy. And I think it's really interesting. Um, you know, I don't think that Oregon wants to have a, a ton of OVs during the season because it's just a lot to juggle. Um, and, and it's not necessarily an advantageous position to put yourself in, but you also have, you know, schools that have really, really good home game environments, you know, like if you wanted to have a guy at Death Valley at Clemson or LSU or, or Penn state for a whiteout game and then use your official visit, then I think that there are some situations here and there where you can kind of mix and match and, and see what makes the most sense for, for your team, for that prospect, for that recruit. Uh, and I think that that kind of help, uh, helps make it make sense. All right, I'm going to get a little bit of water and then we're going to get into some mailbag. So hope you guys are excited for that. All right, so we got some questions here. First one comes from Bud Everts. How are the recruiting rankings calculated given the number of recruits, ratings of the recruits, etc.? cetera? Um, well, this is an interesting question and, and I don't know the answer exactly because I've never been involved with or worked with rankings, but I've been recruiting, you know, covering recruiting for a while now. So, um, so I think I'm going to try to give my best two cents. I think that they take into account a variety of things they take into account. Um, in my opinion, um, I think they probably weigh size and speed. Um, or height and weight to some degree, you know, measurables that you take at camps. So I think they take measurables into account. I think that they take um, camp performances into account. I think that's a big one. Uh, you know, when you're going against top guys in the area, obviously game film um, is, is really, really big. And, you know, the, the caliber of competition that you're going against, I think that that factors into it. I think, you know, where you where a guy stands with regard to or in comparison to other guys at his position or even just in his state, you know, is this a guy who is such a standout talent that you just don't see um, this kind of a player coming from, you know, whatever place very often or, or maybe, you know, um, he can do a lot of different things. Maybe he's better on defense versus on offense, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes you have those athletes that are so good, you can't even figure out what side of the ball to play them on. Um I think that there are some some very unique aspects with with all of that. Um, I think you also have to look at the quality, the amount of quality players at a position. You know, is a is a position super oversaturated, and you have a bunch of really good guys, or is it a class that's pretty uh, a position that's top heavy, and you know, there's only five or six like you know blue chip quarterbacks or or whatever it is. Um, so those are some of the things that I think you take into account. Um, I think you look at stats. I think you look at. I wonder if they take into account the ability to stay healthy, because what is that saying? Uh, the best the best ability is availability. Uh, maybe that sounds a little short-sighted and it probably shouldn't be used for, for recruiting rankings, but kind of an interesting thing just to throw out there. If you're just looking at the, the bigger picture with things, right. Um, so I think that's an interesting one. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Yeah. Caliber of competition, quality of competition. I think that that plays into it when you're looking at recruiting rankings um, and you know, you're, that's why you see so many of these schools like, uh, you know, or States, um, you know, California, Texas, uh, Florida that have so many quality schools put out a lot of seriously talented guys. Um, so I think that that's kind of what goes into the rankings, but like I said, you know, before I answered the question, I'm, I'm not super sure because I myself have never worked with rankings. 
got Eric here. You said saw Max put in a prediction for Elijah rushing today. Yes, sir. That was definitely uh, kind of the big the big development of the day. You know, I'm, I'm not the first guy to put in that prediction for Elijah rushing, but um, kind of in a similar way to my Dylan Williams prediction, I just I thought it was time. You know, there's been I've kind of had that gut feeling for a while, and it's not a perfect science by any means, but I think that Oregon's just had so much momentum for rushing that I, I don't see another school coming in. Um, and at least from the ones that I talked about and, uh, you know, going above and beyond and winning out ultimately. We have uh, LFBP fishing. Can the football season arrive already? Man, that's how I feel. I feel like the, the football season, you know, you wait for it for so long and then, you know, you're in the summer and then you have the two a days and you have fall camp and then you have media day. Not going to be able to make it to media day this year, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to be traveling again. So, that's a bummer, but it's, it's going to be here before long. You know, I think since I moved to LA, uh, you know, to long beach, I think that I've been able to navigate the off season a little bit better because I've been able to go to, you know, camps and, and showcases and stuff. And that's definitely helped me personally get through the off season, because as you know, you know, aside from the dead period or silent period, there, there's really no off season when it comes to recruiting, which is why I love it. Cause there's always something to talk about. There's always a new guy, um, there's always, you know, rankings and, you know, uh, events and stuff. Um, so I definitely feel you on waiting for the football season to arrive, you know, just want it to be football season already. Um, I was in the Northwest this past week, um, in Spokane, um, for a wedding, you know, got to go back to Gonzaga where I went to college before I went to Oregon. Um, so I think that I, I really miss the Northwest and I got to get back for, for an Oregon game for sure. No doubt about it. Um, we got up to Sco is here in the live stream with, uh, a bunch of different emojis. So he, the up to Sco is excited. Uh, thanks for the live stream, Max. No problem. Uh, glad you got to stop by and, uh, hopefully you're still here. Um, you know, talk some ducks and, uh, you know, check out the, the, the live stream. Uh, Miguel Cruz, 2025. Oh, there we go. 2025 five-star safety DJ Pickett put a photo that he is in Eugene visiting. Yeah, I don't know too much about um, DJ Pickett, you know, admittedly. So um, I think we can we can talk a little bit about him here, um, sharing my screen. So DJ Pickett is a five-star safety, 6'2", 170 pounds, according to, um, according to 247 Sports. Has 37 offers, uh, number seven player in the country. Uh, according to the 247 Sports Composite, number one safety and the number two player in the state of Florida, coming out of Tampa, Florida, from Zephyr, Zephyr Hills um, High School, it looks like. Um, you know, this is a great visit because it's one of those guys that is he's from Florida, which is, I guess, uh, Oregon's pipeline state in 2025 with uh, Chavez, Sandman, Thompson, the offensive lineman from Melbourne, Florida, already committed. And then you also have Dallas Wilson from the Tampa area. He's a wide receiver that's committed to Oregon in the 25 class. Uh, I was hoping I would see him playing for the Legends at uh, OT7 last week, but um, or two weeks ago, uh, last week, I think. But I didn't see him out there. So DJ Pickett, I, I admittedly don't know a whole lot about this guy, but um, I think Oregon needs to keep going for those uh, elite DBs. And then if you can get a, if you can get a guy on campus of his caliber early on in his recruitment, you know, before long, um, the 2025s are going to be on the clock. So you got to keep working and, and get these guys in uh, early. Uh, we got a, a question here from Brenson Stroman. 
Uh, I think that's my guy Bistro over on Twitter. Um, I'm not completely sure, but I think so. Uh, his question or comment says Simmons or Breland or both. Um, so this is an interesting one. You're talking about five-star Duncanville edge rusher, Colin Simmons, and then five-star modern day, uh, Santa Ana modern day defensive lineman, Aiden Breland. I think right now, you know, there's just so much momentum for Texas with that Colin Simmons, uh, recruitment, you know, they're not going to let top talent out of the Lone Star State go without a fight. So I'm not saying that he's going to go to uh, Texas, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ultimately ends up there. So I think right now I would probably feel more confident about Aiden Breland. He's in Eugene right now for his official visit. Recently took official visits to Miami, uh, Georgia, and then I also want to say Texas A&M got an official visit. Um, so I would probably feel more confident saying Breland, especially because the Ducks already have some momentum at modern day with Jack Ressler hopping in the fold, the wide receiver from modern day in the 24 class, also pursuing Nate Frazier, one of the top running backs, probably the top running back on the West Coast, also out of modern day. Uh, then you have Brandon Baker out of modern day, number one offensive tackle in the country. I put my prediction in for Oregon to land him. Um, he just whittled things down to 10, so he's taking that recruitment real, real slow. But I think that Oregon probably leads for Brandon Baker, um, even though he's taking some official visits. I think I saw he went to Texas the other day. Um, so all that said, I think when you look at the guys that Oregon's going after at modern day, I talked about the episode yesterday about how USC is trying to get a pipeline at St. John Bosco. I think Oregon's pipeline will be to modern day. It looks like in this 2024 class. So I feel more confident about Breland just because he seems like there's a little bit more room to assert themselves in his recruitment. And then, uh, Tuioti, Dan Lanning and, um, Tosh Lapoy have just done an awesome job creating that family environment, that family feel in Eugene is, is what Breland told me when I last talked to him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what do we have here? Uh, up the Sco says, you think we made ground with Simmons? Luke Moga dropped a cryptic, oh my God, uh, on Twitter. Who do you think he was referring to? Excuse me, and blue chips, question mark. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think maybe when you look at that tweet, it's so funny how with recruiting, we're, we're at the point where we're deciphering tweets and trying to figure out what tweets might mean. Uh, when it comes to recruiting developments, it just shows how hungry this Oregon fan base is for recruiting info. Um, so I guess it helps me. Um, but um, I think you have to look at guys that were on campus when Moga um, was on campus. I'm trying to think of who else was in town that weekend. 
Um, I think that Elijah Rushing was supposed to be there. I'm not sure they were actually there at the same time. Um, but Nate Frazier was also there um, during that weekend. And I think Kingston Lopa was there during that weekend. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe he was talking about Elijah Rushing. If I had to take a guess, um, you know, that would obviously support my, uh, my prediction. Um, but he doesn't have a, a, a commitment timeline right now. I think the last thing that Rushing told me from what I can remember is uh, committing towards the end of the summer or like in the early stages of the football season. Um, so I, I don't think, I mean, I guess I would have thought that they made up ground with Colin Simmons, but these predictions to Texas uh, from the on three network uh, definitely make me question that a little bit. I mean, I know that they've, I was, I was feeling in a decent spot, but he's never really been a major, major priority for them. And then, like I said, you know, Texas and LSU were, were always heavily involved there. So we'll have to see. Uh, Ron with the question, any tight ends offered this weekend? Um, see, here's the interesting thing about the tight end position. Oregon already has two commits at tight end with uh, AJ Pugliano from, from Medford. Um, no, is it Medford? Gosh, I'm having a brain fart. <clears throat> Let me see. Okay, yeah, from North Medford, AJ Pugliano, and then Jackson Ford from Melissa, Texas. Those guys are already committed to Oregon, but I don't think that Oregon's done at tight end. That that's kind of a little bit of what I've been told, um, you know, from from some sources around the program uh, out there in Eugene, um, that they're not done at tight end, which is kind of interesting. But at the same time, it's not that surprising when you consider how you know they didn't necessarily. Things didn't really go according to plan in 2024 or 2023, excuse me, um, especially after the transfers um, of uh, of Maliki Montevao and Cam McCormick. So uh, if we're talking about more guys at tight end, I think that Roger Saliapaga from Orem, Utah, is a guy to keep an eye on. He's been to Oregon a couple times. I think he was there for the spring game, 6'4", 194 pounds, number 21 tight end in the country, and number three prospect in the state of Utah. I think that uh, he's, he's a guy – um, to, to keep an eye on here in the 24 class uh, as far as who they might be able to add to that tight end room under Drew Maringer. But I don't know a whole lot about the tight end spot. I think that's one that kind of tends to fly under the radar and, and admittedly is one I need to look into a little bit more. Um, okay, yeah, uh, Brady had a question here about uh, Roderick Pleasant, one of the fastest in history. He ran 100 well in Southern California. Is he a solid duck? Yeah. I think Miguel helped him out here in the comments, but uh, yeah, Roger Pleasant is, is enrolled um, at, at Oregon. I think it looks like everybody that wasn't already enrolled as an early enrollee has arrived uh, in Eugene. <clears throat> so that's a, uh, that's exciting news. Just getting the rest of those 2023 signees on campus. I know Roger Pleasant uh, was running for something. Maybe it was nationals for track uh, as he, as he wrapped up his, his senior season at Sarah, but it looks like he's all good to go. <clears throat> Eric Patterson said, man, if we get rushing Breland and Simmons and Brandon Baker, it could take the program to the next level. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to get all of those guys. I mean, Simmons is the one that I feel the least confident about, but uh, you know, yeah, rushing and Baker, I think are incredibly realistic options for Oregon at this point. Um, and then Breland is a guy that I think Oregon has some, some work to do with um, just because of the caliber of talent, you know, six, six two ninety. Um, but I think that he's said all the right things about Oregon and I like where Oregon's at right now because they already have so many solid pieces in the fold. And then a lot of the big names that I think we're, we're waiting to see if they hop in are some of those five-star caliber guys, you know, are those needle mover type of guys, 
Um, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Elijah Rushing is the first five-star to hop in the fold for Oregon in 2024, and then things just take off uh, from there. All right, let's see. What else do we have here? <clears throat> Dang, we're getting some good some good questions. I can't get to all of these, but I'll try. My computer's lagging a little bit, of course. Um, uh, up to SCO, we need Nate Frazier to lock in too. Yeah, Nate Frazier is, is an interesting recruit. Um, you know, he's one of my favorite guys that I've covered since I moved to Southern California um, out of modern day. He's, uh, he's another really, you know, talented guy um, in this class. And he's really been Carlos Lachlan's main target when it comes to uh, running backs in the 2024 class. Um, so when you're looking at Nate Frazier, it's kind of looking like a three team, maybe even a two team battle. You have Oregon, Georgia and Alabama. Uh, I took official visits to Alabama and, and Oregon this month. I think he was also in Athens for an unofficial with the Bulldogs. So that's an interesting development to keep a track, keep track of is, you know, is when is his official visit to Georgia come and what's his commitment timeline looking like? I can never really get a good answer when I ask him about his commitment timeline. Granted that now we're in summer, it might be a little bit harder to, to get in contact with him, see him in person. But um, I think coming out of that official visit, I think that Oregon did a really good job. You know, you saw the photos with uh, with uh, Carlos Lachlan and, and Bucky Irving. So, you know, I, I'm I will say that there was I heard some some smoke about you know Georgia being in a really really good spot and maybe even being the team to beat uh, for Nate Frazier while I was out at the Elite Eleven and OT Seven uh, last week. So just some some whispers and you know some smoke that I I had to put out there. I mean I'm not I can't verify that necessarily. Um, but it's worth mentioning since we're talking about Nate Frazier, but Nate Frazier, uh, Jason Brown Jr. And Dejon Riggs are the, the main guys that Oregon's looking at here for running back in the 2024 class. Um, Dejon Riggs should be uh, on campus for his official visit this weekend. Christian Clark out of Arizona just committed to Texas. And then you also had um, uh, oh, Texas got that other guy, but I can't remember what his name is. Um, give me just a second. Jared Gibson. Yeah. Jared Gibson committed, uh, not to Oregon to Texas out of IMG, um, today. So that was, that was pretty big. You know, they got Christian Clark and Jared Gibson wrapped up in the 2024 class. Uh, and then you also mentioned Justin Williams here. I think that's kind of a similar deal. It looks like it's an Oregon versus Georgia battle, uh, for Justin Williams with Alabama also in the mix. So crazy to see all this rollover, all this carryover in the 24 class. But I think that Justin Williams is definitely a priority target for Oregon. He took his official visit this month, but you have Kamar Matuti who's on campus right now, a linebacker in the 24 class taking his official visit. Braden Platt, another linebacker out of Washington in the 24 class. He's taking his official visit right now. Um, and then you also have Dylan Williams out of Long Beach Poly. He took his official visit to Oregon earlier this month. So I think that Justin Williams is a guy that Oregon would love to add. Um, but um, seems like they might be fading just a bit, but I'm, I'm not super confident on that one. So don't quote me on that. Uh, we're still rocking and rolling on the Ducks Dish podcast. Make sure you guys hit that like button for me and subscribe to the channel. Trying to hit uh, 2.25K. I feel like I've been at 2.24 for a while. So always trying to up, the, up it and you know keep, getting, uh, keep growing the, the channel. All right, we have another one from Bud Everts. Says, Max, how big of a factor... Are guys who are already committed, especially QBs, e.g., Moga and Van Buren, in recruiting more players? Um, yeah, I think that 
I think that it's a huge deal. Having committed guys on campus for these visits is, is really, really meaningful because they're able to have conversations with uncommitted recruits, have conversations with their families, and then the committed guys bring their families with them and they'll say, hey, this is the vision that we see from Dan Lanning. This is why we're okay sending our son to come play here. Um, um, and then you have, um, I guess I get sidetracked by these comments. That's why the live streams are hard sometimes. Um, that they're able to kind of share the vision and why they have the faith to uh, commit to Oregon and commit to Dan Lanning and this coaching staff. So I think that it really helps. And then especially if you're looking at, you know, Jeremiah McClellan, he's in the comments right now. He, he's getting mentioned in the comments. Um, you know, having Michael Van Buren on campus, um, along with Jordan Anderson, who's getting mentioned here. Um, I think having those guys on campus for this official visit where Oregon's really looking to close the deal with Jeremiah McClellan um, after losing a commitment from Tysier Denmark, who officially flipped to Penn State uh, earlier this week. I think that that's definitely one of the biggest recruits that Oregon has their eye on this weekend uh, with regards to a guy that they really want to close on and, and ultimately land a commitment from. So I think that if you have the guys that are committed on campus during these visits, I think it's they play a huge role in recruiting more players. And Michael Van Buren's been uh, a huge vocal recruiter since he committed to Oregon. Jordan Anderson has also been a huge, huge recruiter for the Ducks here uh, in 2024. All right, we got another, uh, well, we got a question. This was kind of already asked earlier, but, earlier, but I'll, I'll circle back around on it. Um, B503 asks, what's your feel on Aiden Breland? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, it's hard to say if Oregon leads in that one. Um, I think that it's both a good and bad thing that they're getting what might be the last official visit. Um, it's hard to say these are going to be last official visits for some guys unless they really diagram their schedule because they can take more than five official visits now. Um, but from his recent stretch of official visits, this is the last one he's taking. Um, so I think that kind of helps them, you know, depending on how close he is to making a decision, maybe he'll take some more visits before uh, the season starts up. But I think that this is a guy that um, kind of looked unrealistic at one point for Oregon, and he's looking more realistic now in the 2024 recruiting class. So Hopefully I can get an interview with him after this visit, but I think that, um, you know, Oregon has a shot, definitely has a shot for Aiden Breland. I can say that. Question from Eric, between McClellan and Gatlin Bear, who's more likely to commit to the Ducks? Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, you have 2024 wide receiver Jeremiah McClellan out of St. Louis, Missouri, Christian Brothers, and then you have Gatlin Bear out of Burley, Idaho, Burley Senior High School, uh, Gatlin has made a name for himself as one of the fastest players in the country, fastest athletes. You know, at one point he beat Roger Pleasant and um, I think it was a 60 meter, um, but either way, ridiculous speed. Um, I think that um, I think that right now I haven't gotten a super solid feel on the Gatlin bear recruitment, but I think that Michigan has a lot of momentum there. And, and that recruitment, I think that someone told me a long time ago that um, I think that the Burley coach already had a, a guy that he had sent to Michigan at one point, a player that he had, um, you know, produced and developed and he went to Michigan. So maybe you see some familiarity there, some carryover there and bear could be going to Ann Arbor. But I would probably say that I think Jeremiah McClellan is the guy that I feel more likely to commit to Oregon right now. Um, I don't think that um, I don't think that um, I don't think that Bear is the guy that they have the more, more momentum for right now. I think it's Jeremiah McClellan, and uh, the timing of the visit 
is pretty significant for McClellan because I think this is his last visit, his last official visit. Um, and he might be getting back out to Mizzou after this, but he's waiting for his mom to figure out what date he wants to commit. But it sounds like that one could be winding down. Oregon's in the thick of it with LSU, Ohio State as well for Jeremiah McClellan. Uh, NE has a question. Will Oregon get five stars at all three levels of the defense? Ooh, that is not an easy feat. Not an easy feat at all. I mean, if you're talking about the trenches uh, and the defensive line, I think you can say yes, as of right now, if we're operating off of my Elijah rushing prediction. Um, and then if you're looking at the second level, I think that, you know, with the linebackers, Justin Williams is your most likely five-star linebacker um, that you're that you're still in the running for. Um, but but that's going to be a super tough battle, you know, going against uh, you know, your Alabamas and your Georgias, right? Um, I'm trying to think of what other – I don't even know if Oregon's still going after any other five-star linebackers. I think that's the only one, Justin Williams. So that's pretty tough, you know, unless you're Alabama or Georgia or maybe Clemson. So I, I don't think that they're going to get him at all three levels of the defense. Um, you know, for corner or the secondary – I thought for a while that they were going to stay involved with Peyton Woodyard, but I, I don't think that I feel like I'm feeling better about his commitment to Georgia. And if he doesn't go to Georgia, I think he'll end up at SC, the St. John Bosco safety. So um, I think your best bet for a five-star player right now for Oregon in the secondary is, is probably Kobe black out of uh, Waco, Texas Connolly high school. He was on campus this past weekend uh, but Texas is uh, past week, whatever it was recently. He's a five-star corner in 24. He was on campus recently and Oregon's trying to throw their hat in there, but I think they have a lot of ground to make up and that's going to be a tough battle for them to win. So uh, as great as that would be, I, I don't think Oregon's going to get five stars at all three levels of the defense, but would love to be proven wrong there. That'd be very fun to cover. Um, up the Sco says wrestler and Breland are out here this weekend. We're going to try and get Pelham, but we probably have a better chance with McClellan. I'm unsure why Pelham wouldn't want to play for the ducks when his uncle was a coach. Yeah. There was a little bit of smoke, uh, a rumor that I heard that, that Ryan Pelham had canceled his visit to Oregon. I wasn't able to confirm that. So that is not confirmed at this time, but what I can tell you is this, you know, he, he narrowed his recruitment down to Oregon and SC. I put my prediction in for SC uh, especially because, you know, USC is relevant and good again. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley puts out really good wide receivers, um, and he's definitely trying to put up a, a fence around those top skill guys in Southern California and L.A. They already got Xavier Jordan from Sierra Canyon, and I think that that's definitely going to be an appeal for Ryan Pelham playing alongside him. Uh, also, um, staying close to home, you know, playing in front of family, that's that's definitely a, a big factor as well. So I think that, uh, yeah, all the – it's the full court press for Jeremiah McClellan. That's the guy that General Adams wants now in 2024. Um, Bud says you and Spencer McLaughlin are duck tastic when you team up on a podcast. Yeah, no, lo love Spencer. Love doing shows with him. Uh, uh, he actually asked me to come on his show last week, but I wasn't able to because I was out of town. So got to get back on. Uh, got to get back on his um, show. Um, we got Mikey G in here. Let's go. Um, what's up, Mikey G? Longtime listener. Um, let's see. Okay, I think I got time for maybe one more question. Uh, see me on the big screens talking about just saw a crystal ball for Texas for Colin Simmons. Yeah, I talked a little bit about that uh, earlier on in the show. So we got our Colin Simmons uh, update in today's episode. Um, Aaron Scott Jr. question mark by Up the Sco. Yeah, I think that Aaron Scott Jr. is really one of three 
top targets for Oregon at corner right now uh, in the 2024 class. Aaron Scott Jr. is working from a top five of Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, um, Tennessee. Oh, man. Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, and Penn State. That was the other one that was in the mix for him. So a lot of Big 12 school, Big 10 schools, excuse me. And then Ohio State just landed Bryce West, uh, who was a top Oregon cornerback target. Oregon hat was in the top schools there, but Bryce West was down to Ohio State and Michigan. And, you know, kind of saw that one coming. You know, the top players in Ohio, in Ohio usually stay and play for the Buckeyes. Uh, Ryan Day not letting a top guy get out of the state like that, although they did lose the top running back in the state to Michigan this cycle, I think. Can't remember his name, but Aaron Scott Jr. is one. You also have Sione Lauluea, uh, or Lauluea the third. Hopefully, I'm saying his name right from College of San Mateo. He's 6'4, 185, 190 pounds, number one Juco player in the nation. He's in Eugene right now for his official visit. So that's the other guy that you're looking at. And you also have Chris Johnson, the second, Chris Johnson Jr. Uh, out of Alito, Texas. He took his official visit to Oregon this past week, was in Eugene twice in the month of June. So if Oregon gives him the green light, um, I would not be surprised if if he jumps in the fold. You got schools like Arkansas and Arizona State also in the mix there. But I think that if Oregon wants Chris Johnson the second, I think they could definitely close the deal there. And then you also have Kobe Black, who I mentioned, and then Selman Bridges out of uh, Temple, Texas as well. I think he was on campus, another Texas standout. So that's kind of what things are looking like at corner. Thomas Allen with a, a really good question. Who is your favorite uncommitted target? Um, man, this is an interesting one because I've gotten to, you know, meet a lot of guys and, and um, I just have fun, you know, interviewing these guys and, you know, getting to tell part of their stories and, you know, seeing them interact on the seven on seven circuit with their friends and everything. Nate Frazier is an awesome guy. I really like him. Uh, Dylan Williams is an awesome guy. I've talked to him a lot. Um, Braden Platt is one of my, one of my, uh, you know, quote unquote favorite recruits. He's super, super interesting to watch cover, uh, and, you know, cover him. Um, he's out of Yelm, Washington and he's, um, he's just twitchy, man. I mean, Braden Platt, what is he listed at these days? Um, Braden Platt is listed at six, two, two forty. So, and this is like, he plays running back for Yelm and he, he can, He's got some burners you know. he's got a, a decent top gear, but he is just a super, super athletic guy. Also does shot put. He was in Eugene for uh, some shot put doing some track stuff. So he might be one of the most athletic linebackers um, on the trail. I also like, I also like uh, Kamar Matuti quite a bit. You know, he's a great guy to, to interview out of uh, Valley village, California, Campbell hall high school. He's uh, he's on campus <clears throat> for his official visit with Oregon right now. Um, and you know, he, he's always fun to talk to. He's like six, three two thirty, super athletic guy. So those are some of my favorite guys that I've gotten to cover, um, so far, um, you know, in the, in the 24 cycle, um, that, that kind of come to mind. Uh, let's see here. All right. This might be the last question. So we'll, we'll see. I'm getting a little tired here. Um, if we don't pick up big time commits within the next week or two, would you be worried, Max? Um, uh, I, I don't really know. I mean, I think that's a good time frame to to look at because I think that early July is also a time when you could really see a lot of commits. Um, so I think that I, I'd be pretty shocked if we don't see a commit in the next week or so um, for Oregon. So I don't know if I would be worried necessarily, but I would definitely be intrigued and curious as to why that is the case, if that is the case. 
So I think that I have all the confidence that Oregon's going to be able to close on some of the guys that are in town this weekend. Um, and, and, you know, just getting excited to see who's going to be the next person to, to quack and, and hop in the fold here in the 2024 recruiting class for Oregon. So that's going to do it on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. However you're tuned in, whether you're here on YouTube, in the live stream, I think we peaked at like 55 people, which is awesome. Uh, really appreciate your guys' support and taking your time out of your day to tune in. Uh, you know, goes for you guys on the podcasting side as well. So uh, make sure you guys lock in with me on social media. I'm at MTaurus Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Oregon Football Max Taurus on YouTube. Go ahead and check out my latest written content over on DucksDigest.com. Share your, the show with your friends, with your family, and with other Duck fans. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.